Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Network Special, the only podcast you need to listen to if the only thing you want to listen to are two men talking about appointment television from way back when, when they thought it's going to be on TV. People will see it once and they'll never see it again. It's fine. We can put on whatever trash we want. Well, thanks to today's glorious present, we can watch these trash things again and again because we're two middle-aged masochists. I'm Zachariah Durr. And I'm Nathan. And Cheer. It, oh, sorry. See, I cross-talked over. Say it again. I want to get that clean, Nathan. Okay. Well, but you, but you, you cross-talked over me because you, because I paused. That was my fault. Yeah. Why? Well, I still want to get it clean. I do too. What's your name? All right, Nathan. Cheers. Go ahead when you're ready. Oh, all right. <laughs> and in the booth we have who? Jeremy Demery. Hey, that's what our producer sounds like. He'll honk off from time to time, so don't be scared when he does. <laughs> Speaking, speaking of scared, Nathan, oh, I, yes. I have a question for you, all right? Yeah. Close, yes. close those little peepers of yours. If what you are about to see is real, it's the most startling film footage in history. And I want okay. you to go in your mind palace back to 1995. Okay, I was right? in uh, 11th grade. Okay, sh- shut the hell up for a minute. I'm going to paint sorry. a picture for you. The X-Files was in its third year, right? Mm-hmm. Fire in the Sky, the movie about a guy who got uh, caught by aliens and probed, had just galvanized mm. our nation. Mm. And everywhere at county fairs, you could win giant inflatable green aliens alongside inflatable guitars and those really long dolls with the yarn hair. So here's... And- and, yeah. and mirrors and mirrors, and mirrors with uh, Aerosmith painted on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so here's my question for you: In 1995, did you have alien fever? Uh, no. I, I mean, I don't know. I didn't have any shirts. Not, not even any Marvin the Martian shirts. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you sat everything out. <laughs> yeah. You tell me you didn't have any Looney Tunes and streetwear shirts when you were younger. No, you know, I think I was. In, I think I liked those at first, and then when 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 um, the kind of people who wore them started appearing, I think I changed my tune. <laughs> okay. Uh, I wasn't really into aliens either, and I think one reason for that is: Do you remember a book? Uh, Whitley Schreiber's Communion. No. Okay. I'm no. going to send Do you. I remember any books is the question you should oh, ask. Oh, boy. I forgot the <laughs> podcast we're doing. Um, <laughs> so this book was called Communion, and it was written by a man who supposedly got taken into the sky by aliens, and it was the first big alien abduction book. And the cover of this book, which I am sending you right now, is what turned into what we now think of aliens looking like, which is the almond head gray style alien. The cover of this so there- book, sh- shut up for a minute. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> the cover of this book, it looks like a Renaissance painting of an alien. And it was the first time this kind of alien had really been painted and it looked like a demon and this came out in 1987. So seven-year-old Zachariah was terrified of this <laughs> book cover and it was a huge, huge seller. So on every end cap and the mall Walden books was this demon staring out at me and haunting my dreams. <laughs> so there, there weren't any other, this was the first time that an alien looked like that. Like there weren't any in any fifties or, 30, you know, 60s movies or anything like that. Well, think back to those aliens. They're either like big rubbery blubberies or they're robots. This was yeah. the first time that it was kind of the spooky, long-limbed, almond-eye alien. Okay. Um, and I, I think this just stuck with me so much that I I was never into it. I, I think I was also such a born cynic that I sort of poo-pooed the whole alien abduction idea. Yeah, I don't think I ever bought into it either. So I wasn't excited about it. <laughs> right. Oh, I would have been over the moon if I thought it was real. 
Even sure, to the definitely. point where, like, I remember when I was, it was probably around 1995, I was probably 15, my grandmother got me an Alien Workshop chain wallet. Do you remember Alien Workshop? The escape uh, company? Sounds familiar. Their logo was a know. gray alien, and she, I was not uh, a skateboarder, nor was I into that brand, but she got it for me for Christmas, and I could tell she was so proud of herself for finding, like, a youth thing. That I had to like, I had to act it up a little bit. Like, oh wow, I know this. And she was like, the girl at the store told me this was very popular. <laughs> that was the same. I remember I now. I rem- you remember I, Alien I, Workshop? I, yeah, I remember that. It was a skateboard company. Yeah. Um, I assume they're still around. They should be because Jen- I just got a um, sponsored ad for Jenkos. So Alien Workshop Oof. can't be far behind. Uh, that was the same Jenko's? Christmas that she got me a a bright yellow Nautica sweatshirt with flags on it. Which, <laughs> come on, Grandma. She what? was nearsighted. She wasn't blind. She saw what she, I wore. She was all over the map <laughs> in terms of like trends for teens. What what what, what turned Janko? Like I thought Janko. Like when I first was seeing Janko stuff, I associated it with graffiti culture. And things like that. When did it turn um, uh, stoner or whatever? You know, like hippie-ish kind of. I always associated it with uh, skate culture. But then it turned into rave culture, I think just because big flowy things were so in for rave culture. And probably Janko started making wilder colors when they found out that kids were buying these to grind their teeth in. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting fact, uh, Alien Workshop Skateboard Company was founded in Dayton, Ohio. By an alien? By an alien. Wow. <laughs> now that would be interesting. Alien had a name, <laughs> Neil Blender. And are they still in business? They are, uh, no, I think they stopped in 2016. They probably are kicking themselves now that they're seeing Jenko ads pop back up. Now, Jeremy, that's interesting because uh, one of us is in Ohio. Uh, right? Two of us are in Ohio. You're <laughs> yeah, outnumbered. You're right, right. Sorry, sorry. Because otherwise, that's just a fact. It's worth it, Nathan, because our <laughs> Ohio listeners just drove off the road when Jeremy yeah, said that. That's true. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? I could talk. I could talk pants with you all day, Nathan. I wish you would. Jeremy, can you keep it down in there? <laughs> I know I'm hysterical, but this seems a little forced. <laughs> but today, the reason why I asked about all this is because we just watched a special that came out in 1995 on the Fox Network called Alien Autopsy, colon, Fact or Fiction. Question mark. Fact or fiction? There's actually in the IMDb listing, it's alien autopsy colon parentheses fact or fiction. I don't Co- understand that. Question mark. Close parentheses. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, I did not Le- left uh, left the listeners hanging. On the <laughs> <laughs> they just all the rest of the listeners drove off the road. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, This is a special I did not see when it came out because it looked too scary. And I remember uh, seeing this at Blockbuster, the box art of a green alien blurred out and with that classic X-Files sort of adjacent ripoff font that was very hot in the 90s, which was a typewriter you had dropped off a roof. (laughs) Yeah. Real grunge grunge typewriter. (laughs) Yeah, a dirty, a dirty typewriter. Mm-hmm. Um, so did you yeah, watch I don't this? Think I, 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 I remember this so vividly, but not the actual, like, talking heads part, just the footage. So I, I don't think I watched it, but I probably um, saw, you know, clips and bits and pieces of it on different, you know, trailers and things like that, commercials. I definitely remember getting in arguments in high school because I had seen clips of the autopsy and it looked like the phoniest of balonies to me. But I had other teens who were convinced and would argue with me about how 
it was probably true because of X, Y, and Z. And, uh, and th- this, I there's call a, them now and scream at them. <laughs> there's, there's a guy in this who says that this is the, that there's, this is the best, if this is a fake, this is the best fake to known to man. Yes. Uh, well, we'll get into how these sound clips are sort of edited because whenever people say things like that, I notice we're never watching their lips move. I notice we're <laughs> seeing other stock footage and we're hearing the audio levels kind of dip and sway while they say these sentences. Uh, I have another question. Is this the most 90s Fox special you can possibly think of? I... I could not, it took me there immediately. Like, <laughs> it, like the voiceover, the, the fonts, the dramatic, dra- drama- the dramatics, the, you know, Jonathan Frank Franks, like it just took me back in that living room in Medina, Ohio. <laughs> well, near where alien workshop was invented. Uh-huh. Very close. A couple hours. <laughs> What's so wild is I was thinking, like, how how old was the Fox network? Fox was not even 10 years old as a network when this came out. Jeez. They what was launched, their biggest show? X-Files at the time? Um, I don't know. Well, at this time, probably The Simpsons. Okay. Simpsons, probably still married with children, and definitely mm-hmm. X-Files were probably top three. Okay. Um, But, I mean... For people who only dimly remember or don't remember at all, Fox was the wildest network when it first came out because it was launched. It was the first new basic television station because there was only three before, if you're not counting PBS. And then Robert Murdoch launched Fox. Rupert. Rupert. My apologies to Mr. Murdoch, who I know is a listener and a friend of the show. (laughs) And it was just like it was cops. It was a lot of um, programming that was like where well, the leads were black and written by black people. And then when they started making money, they got rid of all those really fast. And it <laughs> yeah. was weird animation and weird animation for kids. It was just like whatever they thought would grab a young and trashy demographic, it was on Fox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the uh, Rebel, the Rebel Network. Yeah, and what's really wild is thinking about how they are now in terms of what they're most known for is their arch conservative news network, right? Which in '95 was the polar opposite. Like conservatives would rail against Fox programming <laughs> because they had Al Bundy and Homer Simpson. And they would get name-dropped in congressional debate talking about how America was falling apart. Those were the days. Those were the easy days. (laughs) Those were the easy days. You only had four networks to be mad at. Yeah. (laughs) That's why it was so easy to sell off the Fox piece. um, Because... To Disney, you mean? Yeah, because it's always been such a separate um, entity, except if you're watching, um, I guess, the local Fox News broadcast probably had some pieces of Fox News, the station. But otherwise, everything on Fox, the, the, the channel, was the opposite of what you'd see on Fox News. Right. When uh, did Fox News appear? I mean, it seems like it's always been with us, but I feel like, (laughs) didn't it kind of really catch fire during Obama because they figured out, oh, they, people are looking for a network where they can be mad. Yeah. I guess, I I guess people who are Fox News experts at home are screaming. They're driving off the road now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, that seems to be when I was mostly thinking of it just because that's when I started thinking about politics. Oh, got it. Yeah. But probably it looks like, so it started, it launched in 96. Um, so after this, actually, after this show, but they didn't, they weren't like railing about immigrants on day one. They grew into that. No. Yeah. I don't think anyone cared about immigrants until, until 
Until later. The only kind of aliens they were concerned about were the little green men. <laughs> yes. And let me tell you, if you're looking for some little green men, boy, it is this special is some real trash. It was a delight. Well, I had a delightful time watching this. Did you enjoy yourself? I did. I, I just kept thinking how it's like, it's like obvious uh, the way everyone talks in this, except for the, there's a few skeptics, but even the skeptics are edited around to make them kind of feel like they, they don't really know. But I just kept thinking like, do, do these people really think that we're buying this? <laughs> do they really think that what they're saying? It, and it's, it's obviously that's obvious. That's true. They did. We did think. Uh, obviously, some people did. Uh, so yeah. let's let's paint the picture. This was put together by a Londoner named Ray Santilli. Oh boy! And this guy, this <laughs> this guy, is a real piece of work. He <laughs> is a listed as a record producer and music distributor, um, as well as a movie producer. But if you look through his resume. This guy is just the biggest scam artist or can has figured out every way to make a buck off of other people's work. Yes, yes. He's a music distributor. He oh, I've lost it now. He he is uh in charge of re-recording famous artists' songs by the artists themselves, uh, in such a way that they can either get new royalties or sell their songs to productions who want to play their songs for a lesser price because it's not the original recording. This is kind of what the Taylor Swift is going through now, right? Uh, you would know more about that than I would. I'm ashamed oh, of myself would? that I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, in the fact that you <laughs> know. know that. <laughs> she, she, she is re-recording all of her old stuff so that she can have ownership of Okay. Her music again. Well, imagine that there's a con artist wedged in between Taylor Swift and the music, and yeah. you have Ray. <laughs> uh, he handles the exclusive rights to the Walt Disney audio soundtrack catalog in the United Kingdom. I cannot yes. imagine. Number one, I can't imagine the Disney company agreeing to something like that now, and also how much money he must be raking in. And, how, and he started a company to do that. How do you get... That how do you just show up and be like, yeah, we just started. Can I get this stuff? He, I am guessing, he is a quick talker with a lot of very rich producer friends who enjoy doing uh, minimal work for a lot of money. <sighs> oh, that sounds like me. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then you get into his filmography. He has produced over twenty music documentaries, and I'm looking at these and going, these are huge names on these things. I bet. They are just terrible. And I started looking them up. And yes, he has done things like John Lennon, The Messenger, Bob Marley, <laughs> Spiritual Journey, um, George Harrison, The Quiet One. And it's just <laughs> news footage or borderline public domain footage he has cobbled together with a narrator. And if you look up on IMDb, and you know what soft touches people are with their scores on IMDb. If people remember something from their childhood or there's a comedy and they like, I think it's pretty funny speaking personally. So everything has a much higher score than it should on IMDb. So sure. you would assume Beatles fans would be a soft touch when it came to giving it a good score. George Harrison documentary, 5.5. <laughs> and all the reviews <laughs> are like, this is terrible. <laughs> he also produced a parody movie. What? Of his own. Oh. Of his own story. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, yes, yes, he did. Um, because he will do anything for money, including yeah. in the middle of being this wildly successful music shyster, he claims to have found footage of an alien autopsy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> taken from Oswell. And wouldn't you right. know it, folks, the uh, military cameraman who somehow kept all of the film from this top secret military operation mm -hmm. also <laughs> took it to the United Kingdom with him <laughs> and hasn't yeah. shown it to anybody. Mm -hmm. And when he asked why he hadn't shown it to anybody yet, 
Uh, Ray has two reasons. Very good reasons. Number one, he wants his privacy. Mm. And number two, think of the taxes he'd have to pay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those the number the one reason reasons. is not to show someone <laughs> the most uh, <laughs> amazing moment in human history. If this was you might real, get taxed on it. If this was real, this would be the top news story for 20 years. Oh, forever. This would be once our, again, like, there's an alien. <laughs> this would be another pandemic in terms of like <laughs> like a, the entire world like all coming together to try to do something. Well, except for America. <laughs> but yeah. It took the United Kingdom. Uh, so this guy claims that he bought a 17 minute long black and white military base uh, footage uh, uh, detailing an alien autopsy and footage of the wreckage that they pulled from the UFO. Did you watch the raw footage? Because you can also just watch the entire 17 minutes of footage. Did you watch that by any chance? No, I just I kept seeing the 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 the, the frames that they would show on this special, and I thought I don't need. I'm not going to get a clearer picture by seeing all of it together. <laughs> I watched the whole thing, and you pretty much see the entire business on the special. There's there's no reason to. But the only thing they don't do is in this uh, special. So uh, what you're seeing is black and white film that looks like it is taken next to the surface of the sun because it is so <laughs> blown out with light. <laughs> there are two men in white radiation suits in a very sparse operating room <laughs> with a yeah. clock and a phone and a little table yeah. full of knives. And that's the operating room. Do you think did, did, did when you watched it did it look like something from the forties? No. Okay, that's it, that's what I kept thinking the entire time. But the way they the way they show the clips, it just looks like there's uh, you know TV effects kind of added around the edge, so you can't tell. It looks you know. like somebody now took an old Bolex camera with black and white film and. Uh, filmed something today with, you know, some older props in the room. That's what it looks like to me. And, 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 and the, who, who's the famous, uh, uh, makeup artist who watched this and was marveled, marveling at it. Oh, the show to Stan Winston. Yeah. And he's like marveling at, like, I'd be proud to do this. <laughs> well, I will say, okay, so I haven't gotten to the, the okay, big so, piece so, of cake yeah, yet. Let's do that. There's an alien on the table. <laughs> There's an alien on the table. Hey, no two ways about it. There's a dead alien who has an expression like a you want it when poster, just like, oh. <laughs> who uh, is your classic looking uh, long limbed almond head alien. He has six fingers and six toes. Uh, mm -hmm. His body type looks a little too much like how I look with no clothes on. I did not care for that. Uh, yeah, I know, and um, <laughs> I know I felt a little personally <laughs> harmed by this. <laughs> and hilariously, they have his genitals blurred out. Like you don't want to see it because you know where an alien's junk is. It's between their legs. When you watch the raw footage, it's just smooth. It's just like a Ken doll. Yeah, there's a couple of times they didn't make a giant schlong. <laughs> Yeah, I know. There's, there's a there, with almond with an almond shaped hole. <laughs> I genuinely almost snorted all my coffee out of my nose. <laughs> there's a there's a couple there's like one one or two moments in the sh the documentary where the the show where they ac accidentally don't put the blur and you can see oh, that there is really? nothing there. It, it's like a frame. Okay. It's like a quick. Oh, I you was were going looking. frame by frame. You were like, come on, <laughs> come on. Your tongue was out of your mouth like Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> Where is this alien ding dong? <laughs> a little something for daddy. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's. Okay, so this body, do you think that he, do you think that the footage of okay keep going on this and we'll keep talking keep going on this well they just 
you know how it is in an autopsy when you have something like an alien life form that you've never seen before? You immediately just start chopping it up and yeah. throwing bits of it in bowls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, it looks, I will say it's a, it, it's a forgiving piece of film because it's in black and white. It's very blurred. It's very blown out. But whoever built this did a nice job making a rubber alien body. It looks good for what it needs to do. You know, you can move it around a little. Um, but everyone that's talking about it acts like no, there was no technology to create a blobby dummy. Well, I think those were sweetened quotes a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Um, sure. You don't know what question they asked them either before they they strung those sentences together. Um, I'm going to say maybe this was not the most up and up <laughs> documentary in terms <laughs> of uh, how thoroughly it was vetted. Um, yeah, there's a doctor who who about 20 times confirms that what he's seeing is not the same kind of human he has operated on before. <laughs> That's true. That the liver wouldn't be over here; it'd be over here. <laughs> yeah, he. He at one point he admits, or he at one point he says, "I would say the closest he could get to a human would be a humanoid." Whatever He's that trying means. To, this doctor is trying to give it some dignity. He's trying to give himself some dignity, I think, as well by humoring these people and accepting their their money. Well, uh, that's I, th- I feel like they're asking him, like, "Look, don't say that it's not. Don't give your opinion if it's real." <laughs> Yeah, just say, look, here's the question. What would you say if you did think it was real? (laughs) Is this a human? The only answer to that question, (laughs) is this a human? Do you think that this would be a human? Uh, The other thing about this footage is, um, I I don't want to give the wrong impression to the listener and think I'm watching surgery and autopsy videos all the time (laughs) on my own. But if you've ever seen, I don't care what era you're watching, if you've ever seen surgical videos, there's the disturbing thing about it is how cold it is. Like it is a locked down camera and you're just watching something usually horrific kind of unfold in this very sterile environment. In this, the guy is going for the natural born killers camera work (laughs) award. He's just moving around stuff. He's behind their coats. He pops over their shoulder. He's (laughs) sticking the lens in the goo. (laughs) He moves there, one guy even points it out, which which I'm surprised they left it in. But one guy points out that he, when they start sawing, the guy moves around to the shoulder behind the shoulder of the saw the autopsy guy, but he doesn't go all the way to actually see the saw. Then he comes back around and he does. You just you never see what the money shot. What you're seeing is a doctor's shoulder and a saw going up and down behind the shoulder, and we're led to believe <laughs> he is sawing the alien's head open. And then we yeah. see the aftermath of the head open. Uh, right. Also, the camera, very conveniently, anytime you get too close to the alien, goes out of focus. This guy yeah, is yeah. good at focus sometimes, <laughs> unless it's now, a close-up. There is a guy who tries to debunk that. Like He he was a photographer in the Army, and he's like, no, the, the type of cameras we had back then, we would have used, they do go in and out of focus. They didn't have all these things. And the doctors are all over the room, so of course he has to move around. Yeah. Well, I think by expert, you mean an elderly man who they put a hat on that said army. That could have been anyone. (laughs) No. Well, the taxes on the person who can use the focus properly, way too high. Yeah. That's that's the clip that they left out from Ray. Yeah. The taxes (laughs) that cameraman would have to pay. Uh, So we have this footage that Ray uh, claimed to have, um, and he sold it. Not only to the Fox Network, I believe this was internationally shown at the same time. Like, he sold UK rights. He sold worldwide rights for this to go out at the at the same time because he knew he had one shot to really uh, make this pop. Um, yeah. And the way that they frame it is they have Star Trek The Next Generation's Jonathan Frakes mm-hmm. do little hosting bits, and uh, they really are doing somersaults to keep saying, I mean, I'm not saying it's real, but if it <laughs> yeah. was real, oh, could you imagine? 
the the first the very the the very first word in this entire show besides the disclaimer is if <laughs> like that is literally the first word if what you are about to see is real <laughs> you could do this with any movie you could watch men in black yes could you imagine if this was real <laughs> spooky <laughs> stuff <laughs> Jonathan yeah, this- Frakes is great at doing this kind of hosting it's awesome. He he he's done tons of this conspiracy stuff too. Apparently, he's so good at. It. I realize he got this job because he is on a a, a show that's connected with space and spaceships. Mm-hmm. But the level of dignity that he escapes with in this show mm. of kind of smiling at what he's saying a little bit, but also taking it just seriously enough, he's nailing it. Yeah, yeah. I love this guy. There's lots of lots of ifs, lots of some some experts, lots of you know. There's lots of like language of like, look, don't we cannot be legally held liable about what you're about to see. It's like if the footage is someone says if the footage is uh, is authentic, that proves it. <laughs> I can't that argue with that. Yeah, <laughs> if it's real, it does prove it. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's a quote. <laughs> Uh, the other way that you can know that this footage is fake is if it was real, they would make you wait the entire hour until the <laughs> last possible minute to show you this footage. You are seeing this footage minute two. <laughs> no, no. If this was real, it would be on a news broadcast. Well, <laughs> not a freaking Fox. Come on. <laughs> Primetime special. Then no one has seen any of it beforehand. I guess I have the uh, the innocence of a child when it comes to this sort <laughs> <Yeah>. of thing. <laughs> so yes, they show this to to different people. They show it to uh, Hollywood legend Stan Winston, uh, mm-hmm. who did uh, Exorcist. He did, and American- his ragtag team of oh, artists. <laughs> oh, there is one of my favorite shots is Stan Winston, who is kind of a, a you know an older looking a dork as you would hope mm-hmm. and pray that mm-hmm. a effects artist would look like. And his team of the rest of his effects company looks like the cast of young guns too. <laughs> yeah. They all have long windswept hair and sleeveless <laughs> plaid shirts. They're frowning thoughtfully <laughs> at this footage. They all look like uh, the, the cool dad from my two dads. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and they cut together some footage of them uh, saying the most flattering things they can about yeah. this uh, footage of sheep guts being pulled out of a rubber dummy. Yeah. <laughs> they talk there's to one you, guy. Yep. There's one guy who's like, yeah, but what about this? And they're, and it's like they quickly move to someone else saying, no, 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 no. <laughs> like any, anyone who says, eh, I don't know, they're like, they're just like, whoa, 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 whoa. So hold on, that's not what this kind of show's about. They talked to Alan Daviau, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, who is a cinematographer. He's done E.T., he did Empire of the Sun. He's incredibly yeah. overqualified. I love him because they do not get a lot of footage out of him because I think he <laughs> refused to say nothing, but this is crap. This is not real. <laughs> if you look at this, it looks fake. You get about two seconds from Alan because <laughs> he wouldn't play ball. Yeah, there's a few people. Uh, if you look at the Wikipedia entry, there's a few people who say that they're that they said way more than what was shown, and it made it look like they were okay with it. Oh, Stan Winston was mad. He was yeah. real mad after this came out because you can tell from his tone he doesn't think it's real. But they just edited all his uh, footage together to make it sound like he's uh, drooling over this this thing. Do you know? what was the deal with William Deere, the private investigator who I also love, but was confused by what he was doing. He, he, um, I was trying, I was trying to think about it too, because so he was the guy who was trying to find the identity of the cameraman, but that thread went nowhere. Right. But he did find the cameraman, didn't he? He flew to Florida to go to a Denny's to talk to him. No. Oh, no, who no. was that we were supposed to be talking to? <laughs> okay, so no. first of all, explain all what William knew- Deere explain what William Deere looks like, the private investigator who they hire for this show. Um oh, I'm trying to remember. Uh older guy. <laughs> pe- salt and pepper hair, right? Oh god. 
Well, what's what's your take? Makeup. What's your joke you're trying to do here? I'm not trying to do a joke. He look, <laughs> he's just such a character. He looks like a, a, a 70s Hollywood agent. Just like rings on every finger, <laughs> loves yeah. the camera. Well, what what's he's he's kind of a a big like he has other credits to him, right? He's a real private investigator. Yeah, I feel like there's more to him. Like he knows what he, he knows why they've chosen him. <laughs> he was oh well, I can tell you why because he was friends with the director. Oh okay, well that's the, I guess that's the main reason. But he he um no he says he says we know here's what we know about him. We know he's from Florida. <laughs> we know he uh wants to be private and. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like good it, detective it, it just, skills. Yeah, he, he lists off this list of things we know about him that everyone knows. We're all watching. We all know this, except the Florida part, which I don't understand why he knew he was from Florida, but I don't remember. I can tell you the big thing that this guy worked on is he worked on the case of exhuming the body of Lee Harvey Oswald in 1981. Uh, that's right. Okay. So he's like he. He finds he knows this piece. He goes, the only thing we don't know is his name. You know, the most important thing you wouldn't want to know, right? So then he 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 finds out that there's a guy who said that he was once in a bar and a guy there said oh. that he had this footage. God, it was that tenuous. Yes. So then he goes to this guy at Denny's and he, he talks with the guy secretly because for some reason this guy who was at Denny's doesn't want to be on film. To be clear. This guy flies to Florida with a camera yes. crew mm-hmm. and talks to this guy at a Denny's recording while the video crew records outside the Denny's looking through the window instead yeah. of making a phone call that was recorded. <laughs> yeah, that's all it needed to be. It was a phone call because nothing. the guy gives them no information. He gives him no information except, yeah, I met a guy once who said he had this. <laughs> Like, that's literally all the guy says. And then he goes, he might be dead now, though. The government might have got him. Can I uh, tell you, speaking of old people, the part of this otherwise hilarious special that made me sad, which was talking to um, probably uh, mentally ill people who claimed that they were around <sighs> the Roswell. Just talking to people Do- who seem to have genuine issues uh saying how they were abused by governmental officials telling them they couldn't talk about the aliens yeah. and yeah Do you think that they filmed those uh pieces for this show or were they pulled from something else That's a great from question From another because they seem to confirm details of the fake autopsy footage Yes like there was a console they found that had six from the the wreckage that had six buttons for six hands for six fingers. Yeah, you know, like all the specifics. Out. So it makes cut, me feel like cut to piece of aluminum with uh, six hands. Yeah, soldered they, into the, it. The, the quality of six the part. the quality of the um, the talking head. Those people, like the quality of the film, it kind of looked like when in a. Um, the guy who did the Civil War documentary. Ken Burns. Yeah, when Ken Burns uh, adds footage from the 80s. Sure, of, to of Shelby Foote or something like that. Yeah. It, oh, well, yeah. that woman's lighting looked like Unsolved Mysteries lighting. That's what I mean. It yeah. looked like footage from the 80s. Those, those specific ones where people are talking about how they held alien metal or whatever. Yeah, and you're not going to believe it, but yeah, you're right. All those crash pieces that they talked about look like the crash pieces that they are holding up in front of the camera. Well, kind <laughs> yeah. of, because they go back to talk to one of the guys who says, I found this. So wait, what was he, like six or something? And he said, I held this metal beam and the beam had strange um, language markings on it. And yeah. then they show him footage of the beam and he goes, I mean, the beam was smaller and I guess the language could have looked like that. But if you show that to a kid, it could have been Russian. It could have been Chinese lettering and a child wouldn't know it wasn't alien language. It could have been an oil uh, smudge. Producer Jeremy is storming out of the studio. He is furious <laughs> with this sort of anti-UFO talk. <laughs> I think they, they when they were describing like, the, like the one girl's 
the one lady is talking about how you could put it in your hand and then it felt like it wasn't there. And then you would drop it and it would shrink or splat out. I'm like, it does sound like they're describing a water balloon, <laughs> like which is what these she, things are supposed to be. She said it was a shiny the- piece of metal. And yeah. it could go all the way down to fitting in your hand. And then it would cover the table. But that's like what uh, those emergency blankets look like that you give shock <laughs> yeah, victims I mean. where they fit in a, yeah. uh, you know, a postage stamp and then they go over your body. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 they're very clear. Like the, 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 the a government's official, you know, stance on this is that they were uh, balloons testing for like nuclear stuff or weather balloons or, you know. Yeah. Something something like that. Like what she's describing sounds like what exactly what you would what they're saying is the official explanation. It does until you get into the uh repressed memory section of yeah. her saying that government officials were threatening a small child with a blunt object saying with you can never jack. talk about with a black that's right. <laughs> Smacking his hand. But I mean it's it's hard not to have your heart go out to these people who uh need <laughs> counseling <laughs> of course, uh, for different yeah. things in life uh the only other thing that we really didn't touch on was they talk to it's very interesting the way they cut this up they they say they want to have the film verified for its date they go to kodak and they talk to a man who looks very reticent about being on film talking about this pap <laughs> and they have him saying the markings on this film are identical Two markings from, what was it, 1947. Yeah. They cut immediately from that to another guy who seems a little too into it. Talking about, yes, talking about how this is the most incredible thing. And this, this film, if it, why in the world would anyone fake this kind of thing? It just doesn't make sense. Oh, that guy. That guy's, uh, he's like a preservation at some, some place in, in New England, like. I was thinking of the British. There's a, there's a guy from Kodak, and then there's a British guy who. What was his role? What was his his position? You tell me. I'm not uh, quite sure who you're referencing. You're talking about the same guy I'm talking about, who's also from a was, preservation house. He works oh, with film. I think film. it was the. No, that guy. Yeah, I was thinking of the guy who is a coroner. I think in England or something. No, 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 not that metal. guy. Um, right. But here's here's the thing. Film, you can buy we can go on ebay now and buy old stock film if you preserve it the right way you can pop film from any era into a camera and record on it um yeah so if you filmed something with new film or old film if if you film it with new film all you have to do is transfer that print onto stock from 1947 actually it'll probably even be better because the quality will look worse and you'll be have less things to pick apart so the fact that it's on film from 47 means absolutely nothing. But also what's interesting is that later on, so later like in, you know, in the 2000s, um this story appears again. There you know, a lot of the stuff comes out. The guy the, the Ray Ray Santorini, what's his name? <laughs> is that right? Ray Santilli or something. Oh, Ray Santilli, yes. Yeah, so he admits that what we see is actually a recreation, right? And there are only two frames from the original film put into there somewhere. He does not say which frames. And the reason why he said is because when he got the footage, in between the time that he had seen the footage and then was able to raise the money to purchase it, it immediately deteriorated. Which was two years, maximum. it deteriorated in two years. No, no deterioration until he sees it. It starts to deteriorate, <laughs> and then he and then only two pieces of footage are left. So, what footage are these experts looking at? Are they looking at the two frames? And do those two frames have those markings? Certainly not. And also, well, he said uh, he says uh, several sections were real. You didn't say two frames. What I read was you said just two frames. A, cu- a couple of frames. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if that's true, regardless of how long or short it is, they did the best job in history of of matching that footage with old footage 
and recreating the room, recreating the alien. <laughs> it matches flawlessly. That's, that's the real that's, amazing thing. Yes, that's now. Now I'm on that guy's side from that uh, <laughs> preservation house. Like that is the real like how they were able to line it up exactly without using computer effects. Well, speaking of uh, current day, um, in 2006, Santilli and uh, fellow producer Gary Shufield not only said it was a reconstruction, but they explained how they built a rubber alien and uh, played the scientists themselves. And then when they were done filming, they cut the alien body up and disposed it in several different waste bins around London. Um, it's it, which is weird. Just melt the thing, or just you know, just get rid of it. Like, what's going on? Like, why do they have to do that part of it? That's weird too. Oh, they're kind of drama kings. (laughs) Yeah. So yes, his story has wavered between this is a hundred percent real to it's a restoration to, well, some of it's real. Uh, (laughs) This guy is a a delightful con man, and it takes us into the present day because. One of these frames from this alien autopsy is being sold as an NFT for $1 million. Dollars, yeah. <laughs> oh, NFTs. Right? Remember that movie? Wayne, Wayne, Wayne's World? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ooh, $1 million. Oh, no, right. Yeah, that was in Wayne's World, the movie. Chewing Garth. <laughs> <laughs> Did you... Did you, uh, now this aired twice. Okay. Three times. Uh, three. Okay. Three times. So, but it, 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 at the end of the footage I watched, the video I watched, it starts again and you see the second airing where Frakes adds a little intro to say like this, there was such a reaction to this that we've, we're airing this again and we've added some extra footage. I did not watch again. Uh, did uh, you happen to watch no, any of this? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It was, I did uh, not know. It was re-aired twice because it got bigger ratings every time it aired. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes, it makes sense to air it again because it's like, like everyone's going to be talking about, did you see that a- freaking alien thing last night? Absolutely. And then it's like, no, crap. I missed it. So then it's like, oh, we got to air this again. So, Are you going to put it bid in on the NFT? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I'm going to get a Patreon started for this podcast so we can get... Well, you better hurry. Frame. By the time <laughs> that you save enough money to buy this NFT, it may have deteriorated. Did you see this? And I, I really tried to track down exactly what they were talking about, and I got a little pin- pinched for time. This is at the end of... Santilli's admission section of the Wikipedia. <laughs> the footage, they're talking about the, the, the extra footage that they put in. The footage also showed a man reading a statement verifying his identity as the original cameraman and the source of the footage. Yes. Santilli and Shufield admitted in the documentary that they had found an unidentified homeless man on the streets of Los Angeles, <laughs> yeah. persuaded him to play the role of the cameraman, and filmed him in a motel. <laughs> These are cool guys. <laughs> This is totally real. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, So, let's see. This is streaming on Amazon. There are somehow 20 versions of this that you can watch on Amazon. You can buy and rent on YouTube. Yeah, you can watch it for free. Or if you want to kick the director a couple bucks, you can pay (laughs) $1.99. Would you recommend people watch this? Uh, I think so. It's a nice little time capsule. And and if you, I think this, uh, I mean, obviously this is a moment in time that people remember. And I think we'll talk, I think we'll talk, we'll talk about this as a, you know, in, in nineties retrospectives and all that kind of stuff. And it's a time that you could never, ever do this again. Right. This story right. would have been broken as a fake the day after they filmed the footage and tried to sell it. Or it will just air on Discovery or something. Oh, sick burn. (laughs) (laughs) And no one will think about it, you know. Right. But any kind of of a fraud normally gets uncovered instantly now. Yeah. I mean, that's what they, they actually said that in the thing. Like a couple of people were like, 
uh, this is not real. And they're like, look, don't say anything until at least until we air this thing. Right. Yeah, you can't. I mean, remember when Blair Witch was coming out and people were debating? They, they had a viral campaign where they said, this is a real documentary. You never could do that now. Right. And uh, by the way, that'll be probably be a future episode, right? Watching the movie The Blair Witch Project? No, no. Because it played docu- on TV? <laughs> no, they had a TV special. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can watch <laughs> that. Yeah, we yeah. need to watch that. We need to watch the. Uh, the Hidden Files of M. Night Shyamalan as well. Oh, I haven't, I haven't seen that one. That sounds exciting. That's the one where they ask, is M. Night Shyamalan actually a heavenly being sent to Earth? Oh, I, I think I remember this. Yeah. <laughs> a little yeah. teaser on the tip of the tongue for our listeners. <laughs> uh, but yeah, watch Alien Autopsy. It's, it's really funny. So. It's one of the best just uh, hoax documentaries you can watch and it's only an hour under an hour perfect no big time commitment yeah Yeah. you know who would love a movie about little green men um let's hear it (laughs) nathan come on come on you're gonna talk about something little and green and not talk to stony (laughs) you know i was debating on whether or not to invite you this week, but I am happy that you've been um, seanced in. Let me tell you, <laughs> seanced in. Wait, am I dead? <laughs> Hold on, no, man. No, but seances today are really just a form of telepathy or, you know, a. Excuse of, me? Um, You're blowing yes, my mind. <laughs> I've got nothing. <laughs> I'm a telepathic dead guy. <laughs> And I thought the alien was trippy. <laughs> I can't think of what I'm trying to say, but I'm so happy you're here. That's all, all right, I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> all right, always good to hear from Stony. <laughs> One day we're gonna do a full Stony episode. Oh, I'm I, be, don't, I don't know if his, uh, I don't know if Stony's uh, throat would last very long. <laughs> You know what's crazy is I hear him so clearly, and yet I never seem to see him visually. He well, he has to he has to rush off. He always says, "I gotta score some more kind, bud." He takes <laughs> kind, off. Kind, what does kind mean? You know, some <laughs> some real kind, bud. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Uh, Keep your eyes on the skies, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.